want me to get us started? Welcome to the Take the Stage podcast. I'm your guest today. I'm your host. My name is Jake. I've been mentioned multiple times before. Now I'll turn the time over to your actual host. And with that, cue the intro music. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. so entertaining. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm here. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, so Mariah and I have already been doing a lot of recording today. We're excited to share with you, probably in a couple of weeks, we did an episode with Opera for Everyone, talking about the opera Susanna. Which is one of our favorite operas. Yeah, it was really exciting to go back and review um, the characters that we had developed and talk about it again on that podcast. And we learned tons from Pat Wright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a bit. She's a historian. She's been teaching history for 30 years and studying these operas. And she brought a lot of great information. So we're excited to share that with you guys in a few weeks. Yeah. But here with us today is someone who does not like the opera Susanna, Jake Fouts. Hey, Jake. Hi. <laughs> what, do you, what would you like me to say about Susanna? Well, tell us your true feelings about Susanna, the opera. <laughs> I don't generally like contemporary or like 20th century music just because I'm a basic, I'm really basic. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the type of person who likes Mozart operas and just very predictable things. So that's basically the gist of why I don't like Susanna. Even when I sing it? Well, I, you're my friend, so I like you singing it, but that doesn't mm. make me love the opera anymore. What if you saw me acting in it? Then you might like it. It's a possibility. I'm a really great method actor, as we've talked about before. Mm. There was an experience. (laughs) (laughs) I I could talk about this experience because Mariah was there. So she was in her master's program, (laughs) and she was doing a production of Hamlet. Hamlet. (laughs) Hamlet. And... She was wonderful, and... I was playing a mezzo role, which I have never been in my life. Yeah. I have never been a mezzo in my life. It was a good time. Yeah, but you sang it really well. It was fine. Sure. We were studying. Cool. Whatever. We all sang roles that we probably shouldn't have. Mm. True. In our, pro- in our master's yeah. program. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best part of this production was that with the ghost... The ghost of King Hamlet. The ghost Hamlet's of King father. Hamlet when he first enters... <laughs> The lights dimmed even further. And than he they has like were. baby powder on his face. <laughs> just to look kind of white. Like they could have used makeup, but they didn't. But they did not. They just used like translucent powder yeah. to sort of give the effect that he was a ghost. Yes. And these two, two <laughs> like tech girls come yep. out right Dressed in, in all black. In all black, right in front of the whole <laughs> audience, which was an audience of about six people. No, it was yes, not. It was. it was not. It was at least like halfway full. So 18 people. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm being exa- I'm exaggerating. But they came out with these little blue flashlights. <laughs> and they're like shining them on the ghost, wiggling them around so he looked kind of spooky. And the, the audience was just openly laughing. 
<laughs> these opera singers were trying to be serious playing Hamlet. Yeah. It was the greatest experience of my life. Best I love <laughs> opera. Yeah. yeah. It's full of magic. Yep. Full of magic. So, right. Jake, we want to hear a little bit about your backstory. Performance degrees. Now you've kind of veered off of this path a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that experience for you. Okay, so my backstory. I was in my undergraduate program studying music education. I wanted to teach choir. Choir has always been one of my passions. And then um, I came across an amazing teacher that we all studied from, Christine Zazinski. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's super encouraging to all of her students. Um, and she sort of took me under her wing and encouraged me to start thinking a little bit more about singing classically and specifically singing opera roles, which I had never considered before. And as I was studying with her, she encouraged me to audition for a role that we were doing in my undergrad program of La Boheme, which for my voice is, I mean, Puccini's way too big for my voice, especially when I was 23, 24 We can just old. say this was an undergraduate-only production, and all of it was too big for all of them. Correct. We had a tiny coloratura singing Mimi. A tiny, no, yeah, a I, tiny coloratura singing Musetta and a tinier coloratura singing Mimi. Right. I mean, Jenna's a, a soubrette, and she was singing yeah. Musetta. Which like is, I said, Musetta can be cast in any freaking fog. True. But we were all undergrads, way too small for this yeah. production, right? So I auditioned for the chorus, thinking, sure, it'll be my first time on stage. Yeah. I'll be in the chorus. And then as I auditioned, the, the director was like, um, you're actually going to be Chonard. And I turned it down originally. <laughs> I said, absolutely not. I'm not prepared <laughs> for this. But then Chris said, absolutely, yes, you are doing this. And I took on the role, and I actually fell in love with performing and with opera. So I changed my major form from music education, and I started studying voice more specifically. So I got a Bachelor of Arts degree so I could kind of do both at the same time. And then I graduated and I went on to my master's degree where I ended up getting a degree in choral conducting as well as a degree in vocal performance. And where does that leave you now? What's your your path looking like? My path now is I still want to perform, not necessarily in any professional way, but I do love to perform and I want to continue doing it. But my passion is more in vocal pedagogy, specifically in the choral rehearsal. So, I think it's so great that there's not a one-size-fits-all approach, you yeah. know? I mean, even if you are going to be a professional singer and perform all the time, blah, 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 you know, your career can look totally different from somebody else's, and you have to figure out what fits for you, what is interesting for you. And you, we've said this before over and over, and if Jake had ever listened to our podcast, he would know. <laughs> <laughs> he would know that he gets to determine his own success you know nobody else gets to define that so I think it's great well and I think people often want to so often in our profession you have people that want to dictate to you exactly how you have to do something or where you have to go or how you have to do it and I think as you get older and you start to learn and and take your own take charge of your own path you start to realize that there are so many different ways to accomplish the same thing I have so many students who have brilliant voices and I say why aren't you uh, pursuing a degree in performance or a career in performance and they say well I want to be a mom and I'm like okay great 
and they're like, I can't do both. Yes, you can. Absolutely. You can, co- you can totally do both. Have they read Renee Fleming's book? It, well, right, exactly. And the first thing I do when they tell me that is I tell them to get on Instagram and follow Rachel Willis Sorensen, who has three children, who was pregnant with twins when she played the Countess at the Met, and Erin Morley. Yeah. How many kids does she have? I think also three. Yeah. Like, not just one. Yeah. She's done it multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> and having a family, I mean... It's one of those things just like your age or your sex or whatever, your um, the way that you look, your race, all of these different things can be things that people feel are holding them back in one yeah. way or another in this career because maybe they don't look right for a role or maybe they're too old or too young or whatever. But... The interesting thing is, is that the gatekeepers are leaving. Nowadays, people are singing the things that they want to sing when they want to sing them. They can put right. on their own protections. And you don't have to be Renee Fleming. Right. No. As lovely as it would be. No, as much as yes. we'd all love to be Renee. You but know? we can't, like, we wouldn't want to only listen to Renee. If we were all Renee, like, it would be really boring. Well, I could listen to her pretty much all the time. And no one else? <laughs> Well, no, that's... Exactly. Yeah. You have to have several voices. And I think encouraging diversity mm-hmm. in, in the arts is so important, not just for the sake of diversity, but because it actually brings Absolutely. a lot of beauty to it. It brings, do. like, different stories because they have different backgrounds. Like, mm-hmm. and storytelling, I mean, Evan and I had talked about this on the podcast we recorded this morning. Storytelling is what makes opera. There wouldn't... And it's what makes art in general, I think. Like, we wouldn't have paintings and drawings or instrumental music or drama or dance if we weren't telling a story that is the main thing you do in art is tell a story did you do any other roles Uh, first of all i have to say i've done shonar too it was (laughs) i i think i mentioned it before it was a horrifying experience in my life but i love bohem I love Shonard. Have you done other roles as well? So Shonard was my first, but the most recent thing that I've done is Guglielmo in Mozart's Così Fan Tutte, which I absolutely loved. He sounds freaking amazing. <laughs> we just closed that show right before the pandemic hit. Actually. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we closed, and then um, the program that I was in was like, we're going to take a two-week hiatus. hiatus, and then we'll be right back. We just need to slow the spread. And then that was the end of my, my career. At, at my university, <laughs> my scholastic career for the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. My graduation was virtual. Um, my I didn't get to do a recital. Like everything just got canceled. So cozy was sort of the end for my my master's program. But it was so much fun. I'm so glad we got to at least finish it. The musical theater production that was coming in right after us, they didn't even get to do their show. Right. Like they were going to do Legally Blonde, which takes a lot of work. Yeah. And they had prepared to start the weekend after us, and they just canceled the whole thing right so i'm really devastating so grateful i got to finish you know yeah okay so um dream role yeah i know you know you're not doesn't have to be preparing a role but i'm not gonna lie to you my dream role was guglielmo i Uh, knew that i knew that it just so happened that in my master's program my last semester they decided we're doing cozy and i auditioned for it and I, was, I wasn't in a big program, but I was in a, a mm-hmm. fairly large program with a lot of really great baritones. And as a conducting major and a voice major, I was like, I'm not going to be able to compete 
with these DMA students and these really great baritones. Right. But when I went in there, I knew I had to be overly prepared with every piece of that aria. And I did it, and I got the role, and it was like, you know, ah, the right. light shining down in that moment. It was, yes. that's probably the best audition I've ever had in my whole life. It's and amazing. now we can kill him. Yeah. Because he's, <laughs> I've done my dream, dream role. role. <laughs> that's why we invited you here tonight, actually. It's my death. <laughs> yeah. Remember what I was saying about Zalame? <laughs> I want to chop as, someone's head off and then make out with them. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I can sing some mezzo suicide aria, I'm down. What's that um, French aria that Maddie sings? I'll have to, I'll comment on one of the podcasts. and. Oh, you will? Yeah. You're going to listen now? Well, I'll listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sing a suicide aria. Me too. At some point. Papageno suicide. Do you want to know? No. <laughs> I love that aria. It's not a real suicide. I know, but it's so fun. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, in my recital, I actually got permission from the program as well as my teacher to do gender bending opera arias mm-hmm. in my recital. Uh, so it was going to be so fun. Yeah. yeah. And it got canceled. So I was going to sing Carmen. I was going to sing a bunch of uh, things that so I never, hot. ever would sing you know, yeah. I mean, in, a, in a professional setting. But I was going to sort of connect them all together and tell a fun story. That's really cool. Maybe I'll do it in the future. Yeah, yes. you should. Yeah. We'll you come should. up here. We'll sing some duets. and Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be a great time. Ew. Okay. That'd <laughs> 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 be a grot, A grot, Tim. <laughs> okay. We also want to know if you have a book that you would recommend for us. It doesn't have to be a music book. Just like... Any book you've read. People in the world need to read this book. <laughs> I was going to say Catching Fire. Hunger, Hunger Games. Games, Catching Fire <laughs> will change your life. Mariah, okay, can we just pause? We need to hear about Mariah's mugwort dreams oh with gosh. Hunger Games, and then this will give you time to think about I haven't book. even been taking my mugwort. I know, but just tell us about your dream. For those of you who don't know, mugwort is a uh, a tea that makes you have very vivid dreams. Anyway. I had this. <laughs> we're really talking about this on the podcast. Yes. Sorry, everyone. So I had this dream. How did it? How did it start? Do you, you remember? Realized that you were in the quarter quell. Oh yeah. So I was in the Hunger Games, but I wasn't like Katniss. I was just like my own person. But I like, you know, I was like, shoot, like. I'm a tribune now. And I was like, there's no freaking way I'm going to survive this. Like, I'm going to die right at the cornucopia. Like, I'm n- there's no <laughs> way I can win this Within the whatsoever. first three minutes. Yo, no, really. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. Like, I'm just going to die. Like, there's no way I can kill anybody. Like, I'm not very smart. And I'm not, like, very resourceful. And I, like, don't, like, I'm not fast. Like, you know. I was going to die. Okay. So we're like, you know, you know, when they like launch, will launch the tributes and the tubes up into the, uh, the arena. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen in the dream. We actually were launched from my dad's garage, um, which was very interesting, but we're sitting there and, um, the lady who's like announcing to us when we can like go, also told us that we were allowed to um, take whatever we wanted from within the garage with us. So the garage was the cornucopia. Does your dad have any like good weapons? Oh, in let the me tell you. <laughs> okay. So 
the garage was the cornucopia, except for we couldn't come back to the cornucopia. And we also could get all this stuff before we even started. So it was like, oh, frick, my dad is like MacGyver. So I like grabbed a backpacking backpack. I put a butcher knife in there. Good. I put a gun in there, which my dad does not have guns, but I put one in there. Well, and they're not allowed to have guns in the in the arena. Like they don't use that those kinds of weapons. Well, right. But you did. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a gun with two bullets. That's it. That's all I got. So you got to save that. Exactly. Until, until you're, you need it. Until I need it. The butcher knife. And we got to be. We got to be like in close range, like with like you and me, like two feet from each other, because I have never shot a gun in my life. Right. Am I in this dream? No. No. She shot you. No, I didn't. The, <laughs> before the gun even goes off at the beginning, she's like, boom, he's dead. <laughs> Get rid of him as soon as I can. <laughs> and then they break into the quarter quell to save us, right? Plutarch does. Oh, so this is like the yes. actual. All right. And but they saved me and Joanna and this other person. Did anyone get taken and filled with tracker? tracker no, data? not that I'm aware That's of. That's good. Yeah. That's probably good for the best. Yeah. Because we all know Peta deserved better. Peta deserved so much more. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a moment of silence <laughs> for Peta. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was really. Poor Peta. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. There is more to the dream, but not more that I care to tell. Goodness. All right. <laughs> um, it's not a book that you read. The, the one that I'm thinking of, it's a book that has, like, helped me through, like, preparing for recitals and preparing yeah. for things like I that. That's perfect. It. Please tell so us. So you all probably know what it is, but it's called Song, and I don't remember By what. By Carol Kimball. Carol Kimball, right? I'm, as I'm, I'm not a big opera singer, so I do a lot of art song. Mm-hmm. I sing a lot of recital repertoire. And that, that book, along with many others that are similar to it, are so helpful in preparing that music. Hmm. Um, she gives translations. She gives yeah. IPA. She gives all sorts of things and back history with what was happening in the composer's life at the time. All sorts of stuff that can help you prepare for recitals and, and any other performances that you have. So that's probably that's the first book that came to mind. Of course, I have lots of other ones, but they're generally like conducting styles and all sorts of stuff like that. We love Carol Kimball. She's phenomenal. She is. Super we stan, helpful. We stand Kim. And she's so organized in it. Yeah. She does it by German, French, yes. Italian, yeah. Russian, you know, all of those things you uh-huh. can easily find. British. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. And they're organized by time period right. within each. Oh, it's great. It is great. We need more books like that. More Carol Kimball. So I could do less preparation for my recitals (laughs) absolutely well thanks for joining us today jake anytime we're really no (laughs) (laughs) we're so glad you could join us here and for everyone else listening is that what you say at the end of each podcast yeah you're powerful (laughs) you're love yeah you're amazing trust yourself do it We'll just do a quick guided meditation. Seriously, that's what I do all the time. Right? We're gonna guide it. We're gonna guide you through a quick meditation. <laughs> you are loved. Listen. You are powerful. Guided meditations. I mean, uh, shh. Let me do it. <laughs> You're loved. You're powerful. Your voice is important. You are an opera singer. You will be famous. You will be the next Renee Fleming. I don't want to be Renee.
You will be anyone you want to be. Thank you for taking the microphone. <laughs> so to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening today. It's been so fun to just kind of have a fun episode talking to Jake. So keep singing. Take the stage. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 